have three okay. fights, uh, three fights a week starting in January. Uh, Liddy. So yeah, we're we're going weekly in uh, in January, Kyle. So. Oh, cool. We're gonna try to weekly fights. Yeah. You get all right, four five, four and a half minute countdown. Oh uh, man. Everybody got silent. Uh, it's the final countdown. Get us flagged already because that was so accurate. Hey, <laughs> hey, Kyle, I have a question. I have a wrestling question for you. Yes. Since we have four minutes. Uh, were you like happy about the Sting reveal? I was kind of <laughs> like, I was kind of like, oh, it's cool. <laughs> Um, I mean, I like Sting, so it was cool to see him. It makes it, AEW has kind of been the WCW replacement. I mean, for all the reasons it's on TNT, you know, it feels like it's kind of picked up uh, what they were at some of their best times um, with all the kind of factions fighting each other and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it feels right to have him in there. But the question is, like, what can they really do with him? Like right now, he's got the spinal stenosis from that match that he had with Seth Rollins. that kind of ended his career. Yeah. So there's not really a whole lot he can do in the ring, especially at his age and everything. So I'm guessing that they're going to be using him for a lot of like cinematic matches and stuff like that. Like, um, so it's still too early to be seen. Like the first week I thought when he came out, I thought it was just kind of cool to see him again. The yeah. second week it was a little bit weird because he was kind of out of character and talking and everything, but there was a little bit of menace in what he did where he kind of like took Cody and under his arm and kind of like held him really tightly. And he's like, you know, I'll see you around kid or whatever he said before he yeah. left. So I was like, okay, this could be, this could be cool. But last night it was really like, I think they've made a huge mistake in just having him come out and just point his baseball bat at Taz's crew and then leave. Um, and I think that, I mean, it, it clearly proved that it was a, a right, the right move because of the rating last week. They got something like they beat raw last week. Yeah. Um, right. And this week, I, don't, I know they beat NXT, but they lost about a hundred thousand viewers. Mm. Uh, so they're kind of back down to where they were before. So if they don't do something fresh with them pretty quickly, I think it's going to be, it's going to fizzle out. It is like nostalgia doesn't last, you know, I it, think I, I thought the whole thing, they were bringing them in to like be Darby's manager, which I thought yeah. might not be a bad move. Kind of like, yeah. Ar really like Arnez with Cody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like he was taking, sorry, I missed part of that, that conversation. Cause I had to rip my headphones off. I have not seen mm. AEW uh, this week oh. or Dynamite this oh, week. Neither have I, but I don't care. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I, like, I didn't know if it was going to be any like big. I tried to avoid like big it's, major spoilers. No, it's not a no. Okay. Yeah. But um, it sounds like he's going to be taking like Darby, you know, from what, you know, I don't know what you guys had already said about it, but like Darby under his wing too, because of the way he like mm -hmm. pointed and called out Darby in the stands. Yeah. yeah. He came out and actually spoke. Yeah. He's the new, he's the new Sting. The new Sting. News Jim just wants to modern stink mask and take it off and show his stink face under the stink. That's mask. all I care about. <laughs> We're watching him fly in on the. Uh... <laughs> He's gonna show him how to paint the other side of his face too. Yeah, <laughs> full face paint. Very popular thing in uh, Dynamite is half painted faces. Wait, am yeah. I throwing it to you for this opening? Like, and now, like the full, send it to them. I, I have a recording doing... of you. I have a recording I... intro for this part. Okay, yeah, let's let's do that. Okay, <laughs> with all the music and all the fun stuff. <laughs> I could probably do it word for word, but you're putting me on the spot here. Well, you, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have all the cool music behind it and everything. Yeah. Too. True, true, true. So don't feel. I, I was more asking because I personally would prefer the music and make it <laughs> crazy. Agree. 
he didn't he didn't want to sideline you as we say <laughs> yeah i didn't want to just do it <laughs> and then you'd be like what oh, the please. fuck i've been practicing all day and then be like i'll, I'll God, just harmonize I'm, with myself i'm such a jerk la, 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 la. <laughs> how much time we got you got 44 seconds oh i guess i'm delayed <clears throat> You're gonna be a little. Oh, delayed. you're watching it. Yeah, it's gonna be. Delayed. Well, twenty seconds actually. You're right. The de- there is a delay. Thank you for making me realize. <laughs> All right, guys, have fun. I'll throw it to you once the music and everything's over. Sounds good. In the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to. And to you, bud. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Character Fight Night. I'm Josh, as always, and on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Jim. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, Cool. And then uh, we have one guest tonight. It is the host of Theme Park This podcast, Kyle Crane. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, Kyle was unofficially on the uh, first, or I guess officially on the first unofficial episode that had some technical issues and unfortunately we couldn't use, but um, glad to have you back. Excited for the, uh, the round of fights we have tonight. And of course, uh, Character Fight Night would be nothing without our fantastic announcer, Mr. Metatron Wade Hunt, who's joining us live from his uh i guess thematically from inside the ring but <laughs> pretty quiet over there huh wade hey live from my uh little uh bedroom here in chicago actually there you go. uh that is not pumped in crowd noise he actually has a crowd in his bedroom <laughs> uh they've seen me naked <laughs> Who hasn't? Uh, so, <laughs> also joining us is Ty Das Thief, Ty, who is running the board and is going to throw some facts at us after each fight. Ty, hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? So, this uh, this episode is going to be great. We knocked the fights down to three fights, but we have a huge main event, so we had to make room for it. And... Um, so we're going to kick it off with a fight that Kyle brought in, which is pretty relevant to this time of year, eh? <laughs> so, I think it's thematically appropriate, yeah. <laughs> so, Wade, without further ado, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and tell us who is going to be fighting. Contest is fight number one. Introducing first, from high above Whoville. On Mount Crumpet. He's a mean one, the green one, and he freaking stole Christmas. The Grinch! And his opponent, from Germany, 
He is Chris Kringle's counterpart, the Christmas Demon, Krampus! So, Kyle, take it away, because we had an interesting kind of pre-fight, uh, a couple sentences, and, and you brought up some an interesting route that you took, and I'm curious to hear about it. Yeah, this one uh, was so I was thinking like, OK, this show is going to drop around the, the high holiday of Christmas. Let's go ahead and see if we can get something kind of thematic here. And um, this, I think, in is not just a battle of uh, physical intimidation between the two, but it's also kind of like a battle of wills because the Grinch and the Krampus are both characters who kind of represent a, a negative side of the holidays. Um, but I think they kind of go about what they do in, in very separate, uh, very different ways. So uh, I think this could be a real fun uh, kind of uh, ph philosophical battle in a lot of ways. So, Okay. Um, so uh, can you give us a little information about each of the characters? Yeah, so uh, the Grinch, of course, we know from uh, the Dr. Seuss uh, special, How the Grinch Sold Christmas. Uh, He's a guy who just hates Christmas. He he wants to be alone with his dog on top of a mountain and just live in peace. And he cannot stand other people's happiness. So I think that kind of gets to the core of this character right there. He's filled with nothing but malice and hate <laughs> for everything that makes anybody else happy. Uh, Krampus is actually kind of like serving a purpose. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, Krampus is the uh, German counterpart to uh, St. Christopher, as we heard, is uh, or sorry, uh, Chris Kringle. And uh, the story is on the night of Krampusnacht of uh, December 5th, he would go around and uh, abduct children who were bad throughout the year. So it was not just you getting a lump of coal in your stocking. <laughs> you actually have this like demon climbing in through your window to try to abduct you and uh, has a, uh, a various weapons at his uh, disposal, including like chains and switches and a cage to carry children away in. So um, American Christmas is much different than uh, old traditional German Christmas, of course. So, uh, yeah, I think we've got um, the Grinch, a guy with a bunch of different crazy inventions that he's made to steal other people's happiness, and uh, the Krampus, uh, an ethereal demon who uh, is coming after you with a handful of switches and chains. So, uh yeah, so that's that's interesting. That that's enough to make me behave. If my parents were like, yeah. if you don't behave, a demon's gonna crawl through your window. <laughs> Does Krampus eat the children? I don't remember. So that's the thing is he just kind of uh, spirits them away, and you know, uh, there's not really much said what happens to you after the Krampus takes you away. So it's <laughs> enough to strike fear into the hearts of German children to like, oh no, I'll be good, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> jeez, apologies. <laughs> that was a great german accent <laughs> oh thank you let's spend some time there um, but no he doesn't he doesn't necessarily like eat the children or kill the children or anything like that they're just they're taken away and uh that's all we really know so that you're you're absolutely right that's like way worse because telling that to a children with a child's imagination mm -hmm. <laughs> that could be any number of things yeah <laughs> uh Cool. So uh, having said that, who do you think is going to be victorious? So when I first thought about this, I'm thinking just on a visual level, the Grinch is just kind of the silly looking like pile of like fluff who just kind of like has his big belly and puts his hands on his hips and just kind of stays there 
or, you know, taps his foot and he's angry at people. Um, Krampus has this long red tongue. He's got this like coal black fur and just kind of like hunched over with a sack full of children and then like a bunch of chains in his hand. Right. Um, I don't think that Krampus is just doing this out of like a, a drive and a duty to kind of like to fulfill this purpose. Um, I don't think he is driven by the same sort of like malice and hate that the Grinch is. And although the Grinch is kind of a funny cartoon, I think there's something else going on there that he just lives to make other people suffer. Whereas Krampus maybe isn't necessarily like an evil entity. He's just fulfilling his part of the deal. Right. So I think the Grinch has a drive that is going to put him in a favor, in my opinion, to be the victor here. And on top of that, the Krampus has a bunch of like chains. That might be the most intimidating thing he has other than his look. Uh, a handful of switches, which aren't really going to do a whole lot on the fur of the Grinch. Uh, the Grinch has giant vacuums that can suck up presents. Uh, he's got a huge sleigh that he's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, got all sorts of crap in. And uh, we've seen him with the, with the ability to slither around on the floor. So we know he's got dexterity on his end. So um, I'm <laughs> thinking with... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, Krampus may have a lot of strength and everything. I don't know. There's no real stories about the Krampus, you know. I mean, he's just got a sack of little kids over his shoulder that doesn't scream strength to me. Um, <laughs> we've seen at the very end of uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas that uh, when he's driven, he can actually bench press a, a sleigh full of toys. <laughs> and you know, stop it. From... <laughs> so I'm going to have to give it to the Grinch uh, because of ingenuity. And when it's his time, I think he can really, uh, you know, come in uh, and, and kind of uh, do his thing. So I'm going to go with the Grinch on that one. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I did, did not see that. I mean, you, you put these two against one another and it's like at first glance, you're like, oh, Krampus, he's a, he's a demon. He's scarier like kind of like you said grinch is just kind of a ball of fluff and uh mm -hmm. he's just goofy so you wouldn't really take him seriously at first but you know if you had to fight him like you said so some of the stuff that i saw i wanted to bring up also real quick uh, i looked up the the wiki on krampus mm -hmm. and one of his uh crimes is grand theft uh animarum <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that right, which is basically stealing souls. Oh but my it's god. A, a really interesting way of, of wording. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so um I I'm I'm really on the fence because you know at first thought I was Team Krampus all the way. And then you know, kind of on the same boat as you, Kyle, I started looking into it a little bit and I saw, you know. Not only, so Krampus has the super strength and he has the evil intentions and all that stuff. But when you look at uh, the Grinch, he has, uh, one of the things it says on his wiki is that he is like a quantum physicist. <laughs> so he has like hyper intelligence. He's very intelligent. Like you said, he made all these contraptions. He does all these these uh, things. And he's not like, you know, like the the acne contraptions that don't work. These actually you know, he accomplished what he was looking out to do. He was stealing presents and doing all that stuff. And uh, so I don't, I'm going to have to lean. I know this is counterproductive. I'm going to have to lean Team Krampus just because Krampus has the ability to teleport. Um, and I think that might be something 
like the Grinch is going to have to get him in a situation where he's pinned down or he's he's in the uh against the turnbuckle and he can't go anywhere but even at that point if uh if Krampus is able to teleport you know if the Grinch has him in the in the corner in the turnbuckle uh I don't know I think the Grinch might be out outclassed here so okay um like I said, I'm I'm barely over the fence on Team Krampus, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go Krampus in this. And I know that puts Jim in a tough spot, having to make the uh, final decision. <laughs> but well, Jim, it's a good pick? thing that you're uh, you're leaving it to me. But Kyle, it's it's actually funny that you mentioned the Grinch being able to like slither around on the floor and like his dexterity and stuff because. Um, one of the things I ran into upon my research of the Grinch is that, um, like, because of the heart, like, the rapid growth of his heart at the end of the story, mm-hmm. cardiologists have, like, indicated that the Grinch is a physiology of a Burmese python. So it's really <laughs> funny that you said, like, actually slither around on the ground. Um, I don't know how that, like, comes into play um, in, in this match, per se. But here's another fun like thing I ran into about Krampus is like one of the things that um Krampus's weaknesses is like if given a piece of fruit um by like you know a child, then he'll sit down and eat the gift, sharing it and engage in conversation and then leave, harming huh. no one at the end of it. So here's kind of a goofy way I see this going down. And this kind of stems from like the the Grinch or the the Jim Carrey Grinch. Um, who has a lot of the same features as like the, the cartoon Grinch, but he has his Jim Carrey esque like way of doing it. So I see him like, you know, kind of running out of the ring from Krampus, grabbing one of the Who children that's like in the crowd on the other side of the fence, and like putting the child in between him and Krampus, who then offers him a, uh, who then offers him a fruit, and then Krampus just sits down with the child and leaves the ring, at, and it ends in a count out. Um. So now that's I have a very important question for you. Okay. Uh. So in your hypothetical situation, if the, okay. the the people of Whoville knew the Grinch was going to be there, why would they go to this event? <laughs> I mean, like it's a wrestling event. I don't know, man. Like you, you go to watch like wrestling and stuff too, and you don't always like yeah. see your favorite people there. I don't know, man. Unless, I guess unless you're talking about like the big-hearted Grinch, like after his heart grew. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, you know, maybe this is a Whoville tradition. They celebrate Christmas like insanely there, right? Maybe they have like a Christmas Eve like wrestling bash that they all get around <laughs> and celebrate. You know? Yeah, or maybe like I don't know, maybe uh like the Grinch is a jobber and like he goes and loses and, like they watch like, you know, cause everyone doesn't like the Grinch either. So they go and watch him lose. They uh, just do the laugh at him. <laughs> That's so sad. Um, I don't know. It, 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 in all seriousness, no coming, kind of coming back to it. Like this was a, this was actually a really tough, a really tough match for me. But a lot of the stuff that I was seeing on Krampus is that he, Josh, I think you mentioned it. Either you or Kyle, obviously, you're the only other two who talked about the match, um, mentioned it, that Krampus isn't necessarily doing this out of a need for, like, you know, his love of watching children suffer or, you know, his hate for the Christmas season and, and, you know, stuff like that. He's doing this as, like, 
you know, it's a counterpart to Santa. So it's like the children who have been bad. It's a way for parents to be able to like scare their children. Whereas like the Grinch does have a level of hate for everything that is Christmas and, and, and laughter and, and fun. And, you know, so he's got a temper. He definitely has a short temper. And I think that is going to come into play, but my heart is leaning towards Krampus still. I just, I feel like he's going to win it. I don't have a good reason though. I really don't. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. It's one of those, like, I feel kind of bad picking Krampus, but (laughs) for some reason, like I'm just going with like gut instinct and you know yeah it's also it also is that like i I don't know krampus is like you know a demigod and the grinch is like some dude who lives up in a mountain by himself (laughs) you know know it's never actually mentioned if he's a god or not grinch could be a god (laughs) yeah we don't know where he came from (laughs) um i I will say there, there is one factor that um the grinch had that i i did kind of consider which i didn't mention we do know that he's driven by like malice and his uh he wants to see other people suffer but on the flip side of that at the very end of the movie or, or the cartoon or whatever you want to watch he does show that when driven when uh when he is inspired to do good he all of a sudden hulks out and becomes 10 times the the opponent that he is before that's when his heart grows larger and he's able to actually bench press the entire sleigh so i'm thinking if if Krampus has young Cindy Lou Who in that bag. I think the Grinch might go beast mode on him. So <laughs> that was, that was, was going to be my thing. Is I don't know if there's going to be anything in this match that is going to cause the Grinch to have like a change of heart, mm-hmm. like he did in the show, because it took, or like in the show, the book, the movie, you know, any iteration of the Grinch. There is like that was like a massive, you know, effort by a group, like a town full of people, to get him to like change his heart. Mm-hmm. versus like you know like an event happening in the ring i don't know if that's going to be big enough to really like really make him you know hulk out into the good grinch yeah so which is a weird statement i never thought i would say <laughs> i mean he is green so yeah stop that good point. <laughs> uh so my my final question before we move on to the uh the, the tie facts so ty's going to give us some facts that could may or may not sway our decisions uh we'll get a last uh final decisions before we round out the uh the first match uh but my question to you jim is you mentioned the fruit that um krampus eats would well i guess this is a question for you and kyle because it's kyle's match um kyle this is like a standard 1v1 match right yes yeah a, a whoville death match i believe yeah okay so with that being said would the fruit so is this a notice qualification and if it's not would the would giving krampus fruit to distract him be a disqualifying uh object no well, i wouldn't would be... go ahead oh no no no. sorry yeah you, you you go first no i i wouldn't think that it would be off the table so to speak uh you know if if, uh, if the grinch could possibly bring in some sort of uh vacuuming device or krampus gets his <laughs> chains i think uh fruit uh given the psychological nature uh, would not be off the table. Okay. Jim, what did you want to add? I was just going to say that, like, even if this is, like, you know, something, if this is just a standard 1v1 match, 
then you know something like that is i don't think it's going to be considered like an illegal item because it's not being used as such it's, it's literally something that the person in the stand had that was brought with yeah. them over you know what i mean so it's not like the grinch was like you know oh he grabbed the chair and then like ding ding yeah. ding you know what i mean no, it's like <laughs> you know this was like this is just what the person had when he picked them up okay i, I was just i was just clarifying because i know i've seen matches where they use pillows and like put people to sleep and stuff and there's just silly antics so i just wanted to get your takes on it and i think we can move over to ty who hey has facts for us i do i got a couple fun things for us today uh, so this might not switch anyone's idea, but um, Krampus comes from the word Krampen in German, which means claw. So you have claw and Klaus. Um, and then I was thinking, what? So the big reveal of the end of the Grinch movie, since we were using that as one of our focal points, is that it takes place all on a snowflake. So the Grinch would be so tiny. <laughs> that I, I don't really know if he stands a chance um but however according to his wiki he is 62 in his own dimension world pocket dimension but then that brought me to another good point so in the Krampus movie that's what the Krampus does is he traps you in a pocket dimension and so it's perpetually christmas where you are forever he captures you in one of those snow globes so that's kind of the universe that the Grinch exists in. Um, so I don't know if that like will affect the Grinch in any way, but just a couple fun things to think about um, size-wise, uh, <laughs> if you want to take that as canon. <laughs> <laughs> so the Grinch. Well, it could be like an Ant-Man like, situation where like he he's small, but he's got like you know that super strength comes into play, and he's just like you know, hmm. like yes, punching all- the jaw, and he has no idea. Yes, all of the people that paid to be in the CFN arena can't even see who Krampus is fighting. <laughs> he just gets body slammed by an unknown force. He looks like Tyler Durden in a fight club. <laughs> he himself up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we'll, uh, we'll start with Kyle. Um, having heard the facts, what say you on your final decision? I mean, if we're taking that uh, very, very tiny Grinch into consideration, I'd have to go Krampus easily. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, I missed one. Yeah, I missed I'm... one. Before we get a little further, I forgot one because he brought up a good point there. So I also was thinking about um, the chains. Uh, you brought up the chains, and I just clicked to it. So he does. He is able to steal, like, the kin- – uh, what's it called? The little fuzzy stuff you put around the tree that's all glittery and stuff. Pencil? Tinsel. So he is able to steal tinsel pretty slickly. So I would imagine that he could probably steal chains pretty slickly. Oh, Grinch can. Okay. Yeah, and taking away the one weapon because we were talking weapons and whatnot. All right, back to you guys. <laughs> so are the are the chains attached to Krampus or does he just carry them around? Do we do we know? In the depictions I've seen, it's just like a handful of like almost like cat and nine tails type things, except it's all chains. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, would my question is, would that be a disqualifying factor? Like, is this a no DQ match, or are we no DQ? Yeah. Okay. All right. So chains are legal. Yeah. Whoville death match. Only one man leaves. <laughs> Whoville death match. All right. <laughs> Good old Christmas tradition. Uh, 
so once we once we give our final decisions, I think uh, I think I'll have Wade announce the winner, if that's okay with you, uh, Mr. Metatron. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounded like a Macho Man. Uh, so Kyle is Team Krampus. I'm gonna stick with Team Krampus. Just uh, again, you know, I could do any one of them. Uh, Either one, I think it's going to be a pretty evenly, a pretty even match, but I think uh, I think Krampus is going to have the slightest upper hand to get the win. Uh, Jim, still just this is still just so tough for me, because um, I just ah oh man yeah I I guess yeah, I'm you know what I'm going to stick with my guns I'm going to stick with Krampus on this one. I think he's going to come out on top. Only on character fight night can you be confused as to who would win, the Grinch or Krampus. (laughs) (laughs) 2020's Uh, been a weird year, man. (laughs) (laughs) So what a way to close it out. Um, So before we get to the the victor, uh, Ty has one more thing to say. Yeah, so we got some comments on our uh, Facebook feed. Uh, a lot of love for the Grinch, it seems like. We have four different comments. One says, the Grinch has the brains, the determination to win, and most importantly, the spite needed to crush the enemy. Um, another writer writes, I'm Team Grinch. He's an a-hole, but he outsmart Krampus in a day. And what has Krampus done to seriously impact Christmas? Not a damn thing. Lazy and unmotivated. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. Well, I guess if we're taking that into consideration, uh, that little fun things we got, got, you got a winner. You guys called your stuff. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So Wade, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Mr. Metatron announced the winner. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner, Krampus. All right. Sorry to the uh, the viewers who are Team Grinch. Uh, I'm sure he will be back to beat up some uh, little kids or whatever the Grinch does. <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole long running storyline now. They'll 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 be back at the next pay per view event fighting each other again. Krampus. <laughs> uh, we'll have a snow globe match next time. That'll be. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take on, on Ant Man, like you said, Jim. Yeah, uh, there you go. Cool. So, uh, moving on to fight number two, uh, we have another comic book character against um, someone who is in the same realm as Kyle Reese, who <laughs> is somewhere <laughs> in the CFN arena, CFN arena sweeping <laughs> or picking up trash or something. Uh, so, without further ado, Mr. Metatron, please announce the fighters for fight number two. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, the contest is fight number two. Introducing first, from Terminator 2, Judgment Day, representing Skynet, they are a shape-shifting android assassin, T-1000! And their opponent, from Siberia in the Marvel Universe, representing the X-Men. He is 
the Heavy Metal Mutant Chrome Dome, Colossus! Thank you, Mr. Metatron. Uh, Jim, I've had a couple people tell me this is a very difficult match, so if the Grinch versus Krampus was difficult, I can't even imagine how difficult this one's going to be to talk about. Yeah, this is this is going to be a fun one. I mean, this is going to be, you know, like, I don't know, maybe the stipulation should have been a little bit different, but this is a straight up and down match um, between uh, the T-1000, as we all know from um, Terminator 2. Uh, he's the, you know, for like the non-Terminator fans or the people who don't really remember, he's your liquid metal um, cop uh, wearing enemy against uh against your uh beloved uh arnold schwarzenegger's terminator who is you know the hero quote unquote in that one versus colossus your um you know siberian you know teddy bear big metal x-men um this was i mean this was like i, I was going back and forth i knew i wanted the t-1000 to be like one of my picks for you know like someone i wanted to fight but it was hard going up against like figuring out who to go up against colossus was a pretty obvious choice because it's metal and metal and i thought it was fun having liquid metal versus just solid solid metal um because that because of what you said josh it makes this one extremely extremely tough because you have the t1000 who has your shape-shifting ability um within uh, within certain parameters um he has you know like a lot of characters the same characteristics of metal so like you've got your like high you know melting point um and different things of that nature and then you have your solid metal of um colossus who also has you know the high the high melting point and the low low freezing point uh they both have superhuman stamina superhuman durability being that they are metal um but in different ways so you know colossus can't or he he's not affected by like heavy hits he's not affected by ballistics he's not affected by you know things that would normally knock a person out or, or even kill him and same with the t-1000 we've seen the t-1000 get shot at by a shotgun in, in you know terminator 2 and all it does was like it just kind of like you know it was it was like pushing your finger into putty um so this made it this made it really extremely tough because uh, this match could go on forever but i think one of the big kickers for me is that uh colossus can actually get knocked out and if he does get knocked out then he basically reverts back to his normal human form um so he doesn't stay in the full metal form 100 percent of the time he can stay up there as far as we know up to five days um but there's no limit that we know of to his his ability to stay within his metal form but he has to actively think about whether he wants to change back and forth but if he gets knocked out he just automatically reverts back and i think that's gonna be play a huge part um for the t1000 because if it can if he can hit him just right with enough force then i think he can knock him out and eventually pin him but it's going to be difficult for colossus to pin the t1000 because he can just kind of melt away and not you know not even be underneath <laughs> colossus anymore how do you smell um, of goo <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much um but the cool thing about the t1000 is his ability to shapeshift into different forms he has to he pretty much kind of can he's a mimetic poly alloy is what he's described as 
um, which is how he, you know, he picks his, you know, the skin or, you know, we see him touching like a, um, a metal beam and he, you know, goes rigid and he takes on the color of that beam. Like, you know, so he could totally do that against Colossus. Um, as much as I want Colossus to win this, I think the T-1000 is going to take it. Okay. Uh, Kyle, you're a film guy. I'm sure you've seen Terminator once or twice. A couple times, and yeah. I don't know if you've seen the... Uh... I guess Colossus has only been in, like, the Deadpool movie, right? He's never been in... Was he in the... X-Men he was in X2 and X3, but only for, like, really short periods. But he didn't have any lines or anything. So, yeah, he's more, I guess, we're, we're going with the Deadpool version of Colossus, right? <laughs> uh, the... It's just it, it's just Colossus in general. Okay. Or, yeah, Josh is just talking about movies in general, I think. Yeah. I was trying to draw a parallel between the movies, but... Uh, um... <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> Kyle, I want to get your opinion before I uh, before I throw down. So this is a tough one uh, because it seems to be like one of those uh, unstoppable force immovable object type things. You know, it's everything the Terminator could do to Colossus. Colossus has a like a counter to. You know, it's um, it, the the T one thousand can basically just like uh, turn itself into bladed type instruments or blunt objects, which do nothing at all to Colossus. Uh, and in turn, if Colossus tried to throw a punch, which would kill a normal person, it could just slide right through the T-1000, as we've seen uh, the, the T-800 do in Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, th- this, this one to me, uh, it seems like it's going to come down to one factor, and it's, um, is Colossus's mouth ever open during the match? <laughs> because... I think the only way that the T-1000 gets a good uh, strike on him is to enter through an orifice. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know about Colossus's orify if they seem to seal up like the rest of his skin does whenever he turns into, he goes metal mode. Um, but uh, if an eyeball or a, no- a nostril or a mouth was open at some point, it's game over. Like the T-1000 just wins at that point. Um, so... Given that, I'm going to have to lean in the direction of the T-1000, even though I'm probably a bigger Colossus fan than I am T-1000 fan. I just think that that's um, just the, 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 the terms of the match. The, the T-1000 can outweigh Colossus, can wait for him to you know, uh, open his mouth or you know, strike at the right uh, opportunity. I think uh, it's, it's from a tactical standpoint, I have to give it to the T-1000. So you... You bring up a good. You brought up a good point uh, uh, for the Grinch fight that I'm going to carry over to the uh, the T1000 fight, and mm-hmm. that's dexterity. So you have to think about T1000 is smaller. Um, he can, you know, he can run, chase after cars, and he's more dexterous, I think, than Colossus. He's just kind of a big hulking dude who turns into a big hulking lump of uh, of metal. I say lump of metal, but a, a person made of metal. Um, and so I think that a big factor in this is going to be agility and dexterity. Is is Colossus going to be able to, uh, or is T one thousand going to be able to outmaneuver Colossus? And I think he might. I think being a smaller guy, a smaller stature, um, obviously he's like a, a robot skeleton or whatever. But <laughs> um, but I think having you know, a higher, higher agility, 
being able to move around. Um, he's also super powerful. They're both super powerful, but I think I think speed is the name of the game in this fight. And I think uh, I think you guys are right. I think T1000 is going to be able to to take this. Again, it's a very close fight. I think um, it's going to come down to the wire, just like the first one. I think both of these fights have been very great, very close. Uh, but ultimately, I'm a little more confident with T1000 on this one than I was with Krampus on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the metal versus metal is is, is intense because you have like you know the one full 100 percent metal because it's like he, he so i didn't get a chance to mention this earlier but he when colossus like turns into metal he essentially like swaps his atoms for like the like metal like atoms from another dimension it's like it, it, you know maybe ty will go more into it but you know, if it's really kind of cool the way that he like switches between his metal form and his like regular human form, and so you know, there's there's no I don't know how in depth his metal really goes. So like there could be the potential for like the D1000, like Kyle said, to like you know catch him in you know catch him in the mouth and give him like a deadly mandible claw or something. You know. So here's a big, a huge, uh, um downside to colossus that i just found so colossus can turn into steel or you know his his metal form but he cannot move unless he has drugs to enable him to move oh so huh. i did not um, see that so that's a big thing so if he's doping before the fight then maybe he'll be <laughs> all right <laughs> um, which CFN does not condone, by the way. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, I think, with that being said, I definitely think that T one thousand is going to mop the floor. See, I'm, not, can't that. I'm not a hundred percent sure where you're seeing that because where I'm at is saying that he has the same degree of mobility that he does in his normal form when he's in his armored state. Okay, so yeah, I'm yeah. not really too sure uh, well, I, so i pulled up a i pulled up a list of the the most powerful um x-men i got okay. you i got um, you okay yes uh my my final thing that i'll say before we get it over to ty or if you guys have any uh more thoughts is that the t1000 on a list that i pulled up is the number four strongest uh terminator and colossus is the number 11th strongest x-men I mean, you're going against Omega level mutants, so that's not super fair comparison. Mm. But just wanted to throw that out there as well. Um, do you guys have any final uh, points or anything before we kick it over to Ty? No, I don't think so. No, I could probably talk for a while on this stuff, and I don't want to take up too much time. So, <laughs> all right, let's go to Ty. <laughs> oh, right now, a hundred percent of the votes have been for the T1000 online. Um, but I have some fun things to go over. Uh, so we were talking about how strong the T uh, T one thousand actually is. Uh, he's roughly the same strength as a T eight hundred, which is about the same body build as Colossus. So I all felt that was very fair and even assessment. Um, but this is where things kind of take a turn. Oh, and then Josh, you said that there is a a skeleton underneath that. No, there isn't. It's just a glob of goo. Um, okay. <laughs> there's no robot skeleton in the T1000. 
But this is where I'm going to try to sway you guys because the Colossus went toe to toe with World Breaker Hulk. Um, and World Breaker Hulk is strong enough to. If he punch something, the multiverse shakes. That's how strong he is. So in order to take a blow to blow with that, that's pretty ridiculously strong. Um, and then I think no comments right now, but I'll let you guys know if there's any more comments. Jim, this is your fight. Does any of that change your opinion? Oh man, I mean, Yes. I yeah, I think so because I mean the fact that like, you know, I mean you did bring up the omega level mutant uh deal Josh and Ty you mentioning like going toe to toe with the world breaker Hulk. I don't know. You, you know, I I don't know that maybe this made it even tougher for me because I mean he could probably dish out some pretty serious hits as well as take some serious uh, some serious hits back, mm -hmm. but I don't know how much the the T one thousand is going to be able to recuperate from those hits, and how quickly he would be able to. Because I mean, you know, if he's if his punch is strong enough to cut him in half, is that going to be something that the T one thousand is going to be able to recuperate from immediately, or is he going to take a second to have to get back to, you know, get back to form? So you know what I think I think this is going to change my mind. I think Colossus is going to take it because of just because of because of the, some of the stuff that Ty brought up. So I'm going with Colossus. I'm changing my I'm changing my mind on this one. I think that's a first for me. Okay. Um, yeah. So before I kick it over to Kyle, one of the things that uh, we forgot to mention is the caliber of uh, we always talk about the caliber of uh, opponents and and enemies that they fight and. There have been situations where X-Men have fought X-Men or they train together or whatnot. And you're right, Jim, you know, going up against learning and training with these Omega level mutants is a, is a big plus that Colossus has, I think. Um, but um, two things I wanted to mention is uh, Colossus, one of his uh, hobbies is that he's a uh, an expert painter. Painter, yep. <laughs> I wanted to mention that so bad, but I didn't know how to like fit that in there. I, I almost went with Colossus solely based on that. <laughs> <laughs> and T one thousand hobbies are killing innocent people, so keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, and on the the talk about Colossus taking drugs before we get yes. too much further, so that takes place on Earth sixteen ten, not main continuity, how most people would imagine it. And it's called the Banshee Growth Hormone. I don't know if you heard it. It's basically when they did like, um, you know, growth hormones in sports. About the same time, they made a comic series that was kind of addressing those issues. Oh, uh, so, gotcha. Okay. So, Kyle, thoughts? I'm I'm actually going to follow suit and change mine over to Colossus as well because uh, here and they can go toe to toe with a uh, World Breaker Hulk. I would imagine that there's some sort of punching. Uh, that is going to resonate on a frequency within the metal that would have to disrupt whatever the computer unit or battery for the T-1000 is. So uh, with that kind of strength, um, I think on a, a atomic level, the T-1000 might be in some trouble. So I didn't think I was going to do this. I'm changing my vote for Colossus. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to 
I'm gonna give it to peer pressure, and I'm gonna do the same as well. You know, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I did multiverse. it. Like, <laughs> like you know, killing another robot or killing innocent people is one thing. I'm not saying it's easy to do because I've never tried, but um, shaking the entire multiverse is that that phrase right there is enough to just be like, yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, with, with that, I think we're going to unanimously switch over. And uh, any, uh, any final inputs, Ty, before we uh, declare a victor? No, you can guys go ahead. I think that was a great fight. I thought it was very fair. I think you guys brought up some great points. Ty's, Ty's thrilled that he was able to change our votes. <laughs> Pretty stoked I got away with that one. I was like, <laughs> what would be the thing? Excellent. All right, Mr. Metatron, uh, we'll go down to the ring to his Chicago bedroom ring and uh, we'll get the uh, the victor. Man, your Colossus! Go ahead and go for that again, but a little softer. <laughs> yeah, it, it cut out a little bit on a suede. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner, Colossus! All right. Good, good stuff. Um, so that takes us to our main event of the evening, which is a very interesting main event. Um, so we have a Disney princess knockout gauntlet match. And so I'm actually going to just send it right back over to, to Mr. Metatron, Wade Hunt. So he can explain what a gauntlet match is. And um, I just want to let everybody know that Wade, so there's 10 princesses, and we don't know the order of princesses. Only Wade does. So this is going to be completely uh, surprising to us as well. So I'm very excited about this. So uh, without further ado, Mr. Metatron, would you please explain to the uh, listeners at home what a gauntlet match is and who the first two fighters are? Gentlemen, contest is your main event. A Disney princess gauntlet match is a 1v1 match between random Disney princesses. Two at one, I'm sorry, 1v1. Two total in the match. Uh, once one princess is eliminated, the next princess will come out randomly. All right. Introducing first. From Aladdin, Princess Jasmine! And her opponent, from Beauty and the Beast, Belle! Oh, man. Wow, okay. <laughs> that's, that's tough. Uh, oh, hang on. I, I, my... On me, Are you guys still there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is right. uh, quite the main. How's event. that? How's that? Good. That's good. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh. So, this is. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to take this first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. So Jasmine and Belle, I'm trying to think of any 
moments in, in Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin where either is shown to have any sort of uh, strength or dexterity that could come into this fight. And, uh, you know, Jasmine is very smart and strong-willed. Uh, mm -hmm. Belle is as well. She's very well-read. So let's see here. I'm thinking in all of Belle's time in the library in her little French town, at some point she's going to have to come across a book that's like got fighting technique or something like that in it, right? So uh, I'm going to give uh, Belle the upper hand in this one because I think she's probably, with her uh, breadth of knowledge, uh, got some sort of idea of what to do in a fighting situation, whereas I think Jasmine... Uh, she is more of a, a strength of character, character, moral strength. Uh, you know, um, she, she loves the common person. You know, she's a good person. I don't think that's going to help her in a fight against Belle. So I'm going with Belle on that one. But here's the thing, though, is like reading <laughs> something versus execution is going to be two completely different things. Just because, you know, mm. you, right? I've seen plenty of movies where people fight, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm going to know how to go in there and, and use those same fighting techniques. You know, I could try. Mm -hmm. and probably fail miserably and get my ass kicked but you know it, it's you know so those are two different things whereas we've seen jasmine like escaping the um the the palace and going mm -hmm. through town and kind of sneaking around and you know we i think we've if i remember correctly like we've seen like you know scenes of her like you know running kind of running away from from guards or running away from stuff and and trying to like you know, trying to stay hidden and, and stuff like that. So I, and I don't remember how many times that she's escaped from the, or like, you know, just to go out and explore and stuff. So I can imagine that she's gotten herself into like, not super great situations mm. with that. Um, but, you know, so whereas like Belle spent a lot of her time in the library and so she's smart. So I think she could outwit Jasmine, but I think Jasmine's got the, got the upper hand on being able to like you know kind of a i don't want to say scrappiness necessarily but you know the, the kind of street smart in a sense okay so um i'm gonna i'm gonna have to back you on this one jim right off the bat so the first one of the first scenes in aladdin is aladdin escaping and jumping like rooftop to rooftop and stuff and um but jasmine being like a street disguised as a street rat and you know we see her as a street rat we don't know how many times she's done that before you know so there's all kinds of things um not to mention if you look up traits for jasmine uh agility and martial arts are in her um uh power set okay. so her being a mar you know if that is canonically correct <laughs> her being <laughs> a martial artist and bell just having dancing skills or, or reading skills um <laughs> i th i think bell's gonna be outmatched for this one um okay. so having having said that i know this is a different type of match that we normally do ty are you gonna hit us with facts or do you just want to i got go? i got a quick little thing i can do pretty much i think for each one so okay. it'll just be quick okay. um i would say so we're talking from bell from beauty and the beast correct I would make yes. the argument, and now this is just opinion. These ones are not going to be so much fact-based, but that Belle manipulated the beast in order to take over the kingdom because now she is queen, and all she had to do was manipulate a guy that had to, that was in a desperate need of a situation. 
So I think she's more cunning and that she would manipulate Jasmine, who's very gullible and falls for a lot of things because Jasmine just takes an apple and doesn't know she has to pay for things. Right. So she's very <laughs> gullible. And so I would imagine that Belle could use her street smarts and her smarts to manipulate and control the uh, princess Jasmine. Okay. Interesting. Um, Fair enough. I, I, that doesn't sway me. I'm, <laughs> Uh, I, I just like the rebellious nature of Jasmine. You know, like I said, uh, dexterity plays a big part in this. Um, also, being able to withstand an ass beating, also. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, Jaf Jafar is a much worse uh, bad guy than, uh, was it Gaston or whatever? Yeah. Just so, kind of like I have so many thoughts on Gaston. <laughs> uh, I. I <laughs> we're getting we're getting tied pumped up over here. Do you want me to go on a rant? Because I can go on a rant about how Gaston is not a villain. Like he's not a villain. I, in any other movie, no, he's not a villain. I was just uh, gonna say he's kind of a pompous prick. <laughs> that's all he is. But that's what you need in a leader in, in a 1400s France when you're just like he brings food to the. Like, <laughs> right, but when it comes down to a physical altercation, that doesn't help you. That's that. So that that's kind of that's kind of along the lines of what I was going to say is like, you know, we're looking at, I'm looking at this in, in terms of like a ring style match, you know? And so like, whereas manipulation isn't necessarily going to come into too much of a play because you're not going to really be able to manipulate someone to go over the side of the ring or, or to get underneath you for a pin. Um, I'm also trying to think about like the parts of the world that they come from. You've got Jasmine who comes from like the middle East who might have different customs in terms of like the martial arts and stuff like that versus like, you know, France where they don't necessarily, have too much you know especially like the small little village in france they're, they're not going to have too much you know of like the you know the the martial arts or the, the the military or the the fighting capabilities and stuff that you would find in other parts of the world so that's what i'm basing my stuff off of hmm. all of our french listeners hate you now jim <laughs> yeah they're like hey not we have cheese too <laughs> <laughs> uh not to I mention mean, that uh, bell's probably yeah. i said a small town not like all of yeah. france there was like a French military. Kyle, what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say not to mention too that uh, the Belle probably is. You know, she's what like sixteen years old in France time, so she's already like a, a, a drinking age for a French kid. So she could drink Jasmine France. under the table. I don't know if that comes into play, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate the fact that uh, you know, cunning um, intelligence plays into this, but I think. I don't know. They're they're just scrapping to get to the next round. I think I think it's yeah. just all all brute force at this point. So yeah. Um. So my my final answer is Jasmine. Okay. Yep, Jim, I'm Jasmine as well. Kyle, are you uh, are you sticking uh, your I know guns? I said Bell earlier, but you know the argument that Jasmine has to uh, outrun the Royal Agrabah Guard all the time probably does say that she's a little bit more of an athlete. So I'll go with Jasmine also. Uh. Mr. Metatron. Ladies and gentlemen, you're moving on. Jasmine. And her opponent. Snow White. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Uh, so, Jim, do you want to take this one first? <laughs> yeah. Um, this one I'm going to make... I don't know. I, I think I'm 
sticking with Jasmine on this one just because it is the second match. Uh, I don't think that Snow White has a lot of like, you know, she's she's a much more old fashioned princess, so she's definitely, uh, you know, not going to be in the in the in the same in the same league. I don't think she has, you know, the dwarves that she's like lived with, but I can't imagine the dwarves like really teaching her like how to fight you know i i imagine her more in like the motherly role um and i think it's going to come down to a lot of the same the same stuff as the jazz jasmine versus bell fight just without all of like the book smarts and some of the cunning so i i i'm sticking with jazz but i you know i think jasmine is going to be uh starting to see some fatigue Hmm. oh yes i forgot that fatigue is a factor in this (laughs) Stamina. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kyle, what do you think? This one's easy for me, Jasmine. Snow White is constantly seen being scared of uh, trees and running away from them with her hands <laughs> up. She gets scared of her own reflection. Like, I think she is too timid. Yeah, she doesn't have the killer instinct that I think Jasmine does show. And if she can get through Belle, I think she's raising a knee up pretty quick into Snow White's face. So I'm thinking uh-huh. uh, Snow White's going to be wearing the crimson mask pretty easily on this one. So I'm going Jasmine. <laughs> Uh, I I have to agree. This is this is a pretty easy one. I mean, the only thing that uh, Snow White really has going for her is that she can like commune with the animals and stuff, which I don't really know. Unless like a bear taught her how to maul someone, which I, <laughs> I don't really see happening. Uh, you know, she's they just don't put her in a very. It, it was a very. Uh, like sexist time for for Disney as well, like the world in general, and so she's just seen like kind of doing the just like you said, Jim, like the motherly kind of roles where she's baking Housewife, and, like and yeah, I mean, yeah. so I mean, it's not a really if we were doing like the Huntsman, like the the Grim Fairy Tale one, maybe it would be different. Uh, but Disney Disney Snow White is is getting the KO pretty quick. This yeah. is this is kind of just a throwaway, a breather for Jasmine, if you will. Ooh. Ty? I'm here to drop some facts. You ready? So are we allowing outside force? Like can stuff come in or anything like that? Or is it just hand to hand? I was gonna ask that question as well too, is is because Snow White because animals. Snow White doesn't just this is my point. She she does canonically she can summon animals animals and they will warn her and defend her. They will attack things that come at her. So is that allowed in this fight? Because if she has the ability to summon like a necromancer, but for animals, that, <laughs> that that's quite a quite a feat. And what they're attracted to is her innocent nature. So she plays it. I'm very innocent, and now she can use animals to her bidding. So that was my little. Fact. I would almost. Oh man, Josh. You know what? I'm gonna leave this one up to you. I have an opinion about this, but I think Josh, you. I guess to to dive a little further down that rabbit hole, are the types of animals strictly Disney? Because if she summons like the Christmas animals from South Park, uh... <laughs> I mean, if I, if she summoned an owl and an owl attacked my face, I would be pretty <laughs> upset. <laughs> See, and that was my point: is like if a bear comes out, like Jasmine, but Jasmine has. Uh, Raja? Oh, that's yeah. a good. She he did you bring in a good point. Does, does she get yeah, her he's tiger? A tiger, and I, a poo. Yeah, I, things. Josh, and, a, and a poo. Yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, I, I would have to almost say yes because look at who else we have in this fight. We I don't I, I don't know who's coming out next, 
but I yeah. mean, we have like you know we have we have some pretty some pretty serious contenders. Yeah, and to take away all of their abilities, I guess, is pretty uh, pretty bland. I guess is what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll allow it. I'll allow it. All right. So she's a faunamancer. Okay. Faunamancer. <laughs> I like faunamancer. Yeah. Uh shoot. Well, for sake of argument, I'll I'll jump ship. Yeah, if she's summoning animals and stuff, I don't think if she has a forest full of creatures that she can summon, I don't think Raja and Abu are going to be able to hold off. <laughs> An army of forest creatures. But let's think of the forest creature she is going to be summoning. Now we're talking like rabbits, squirrels, doe, things like that. I mean, the, you know, Ty did bring up the owl earlier, which I will concede yeah. to the fact that that is probably the, the game changer right there. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, four or five bunnies. I mean, I can get rid of those pretty easy for you. So <laughs> what about what about bears? Over the rope? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, are we are we sticking with just what's what's seen in Snow White? Because I think that's just uh, like uh, chipmunks and and birds and small small animals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I would allow the animals, but I wouldn't go any further than bringing in like you know <laughs> anything yeah. brown outside. bear or yeah anything outside of uh, the the Snow White what we see in Snow White. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you also have to think like yes, it's a doe, but a hind a hind kit or a deer mm-hmm. stop it <laughs> uh, face yeah yeah exactly like a hind kick <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's gonna hurt or we all watch wrestling what if the creatures just come out and lure raja and and abu away and then it's just like jasmine so, against a few more creatures <laughs> so i'm i yeah so i'm sticking with my guns on this one not to like you know like to to take away from that point that you just made because like you know yes she can summon the animals and yes you're probably going to end up seeing the animals go at it outside of the ring but that's still going to leave the two princesses inside but i still think that snow white is too timid to be able to really uh uh too timid to be able to really have that reaction of like being able to because it, it almost looks like she has to actively summon that those animals and like really you know like kind of an aquaman sense where he like you know, like Super Friends Aquaman, where he has to like make it, you know, like known that the animal, like he needs the animal's help. It's it doesn't sound like it's going to be like an instinct thing. So I don't know if she's going to have the the wherewithal to like summon those. She's just kind of kind of cower and okay. You know, so, what I mean? that that's my thought process. So I'm sticking with Jasmine on this, so this one. That's my final. This puts Kyle in an interesting position because he is the tiebreaker essentially <laughs> yeah i'm i'm also sticking with jasmine i think snow white by the time she hits the ring i think jasmine's gonna be all over i don't think she's gonna have the time to go ha 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 and summon animals or whatever so <laughs> 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 i'm going jasmine uh but I, I think uh uh i you know fatigue is gonna set in but i think jasmine still got it now uh, that's fair this is this is honestly one of those fights this was fun but i could have gone either way I, i'm pretty content either way so I'm not super defeated. Um, all right, Mr. Metatron. Who who won again? <laughs> uh, Jasmine again, right? Jasmine. Yeah. Yes. She's on a tear. Your winner and moving on, Jasmine. And her opponent from Brave, Merida. Ooh. Oh, man. Uh, 
Merida right off the bat. I don't I don't oh, even need right. to, I don't uh -huh. even need to look up powers with with the fatigue setting in and Merida's agility, her archery skills, uh her well, if her mom's a bear at one point. <laughs> so is she, what does she turn into a bear too? No, no, she doesn't. No, she she her brothers do. It, yeah, she incidentally turns her mom into a bear, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, normally I, I'd take a moment to look up the skills and kind of compare them, <laughs> but I think at this point, Jasmine's had a good run, but I think mm -hmm. Meredith's gonna knock this out. Kyle, what do you think? I, I, Hold okay. on, Jim. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. Also, Merida, just on the fact that she's uh more of an outdoors person than um than Jasmine is. Um, I was thinking earlier too. By the way, Jasmine is uh her outfit it has it could breathe a little bit more so i think she probably would have it on a lot of these people she wouldn't overheat as quickly uh but uh no merida archer uh, horsemanship uh i think she is probably uh not even probably she wins this one yeah she's just a celtic warrior like <laughs> mm -hmm. jim what are you gonna say to that that's what I was going to say is like, she is definitely more of a warrior princess. She's definitely more outdoorsy. She wants to get away from like the kingdom and, you know, all that stuff. She doesn't, she wants to be out in the woods and roughing it is really what, you know, really what she wants to be doing. Where like Jasmine is a lot more prim and proper. And yes, she wants to escape the kingdom to go explore the city, but it, it's nowhere near. It compares. It's Merida 100% all the way on this one. Ty, I don't know if we need you on this one, but if you have something, <laughs> I didn't know we needed you on the Snow White fight either. But yeah, I'm just throwing in some fun things as I look this up. So, um, <laughs> Jazz, Jasmine did learn um, in the TV series. Uh, she's a hand to hand combatant and she's merciless. Um, and she's really skilled with two swords. She dual wields two swords and she can. Uh... No, she has an inept aptitude. <laughs> so uh yeah i think you guys pretty much nailed this one and in my opinion i think you guys had a good clean fight here it's like why do you have to bring swords into this now it's like <laughs> well, thinking like how she much crazy is this there. like yeah. how much is this like one of those crazy pay-per-view events right so <laughs> yeah. if it's a crazy pay-per-view event i can see like she stashed the swords under the the ring, the ring. ring you know <laughs> and she pulls them out and she's doing the figure eight sword thing versus and she like mo uh, brave is shooting her arrows and she's cutting them out of the air kind of a deal oh no yeah. i don't i, I don't, don't think, think it's so apply. if we're gonna shoot arrows then jasmine needs to be or, or um what's her name from brave yeah. needs to be able to defend herself with equal weapons right yeah. if we're going by wrestling I standards if you're going to talk about somebody grabbing the sword from underneath the ring, I really think it should be Abu. <laughs> <laughs> Grabs the sword, he throws it into the air, she jumps up like a like Mario in a video game one-handed, right? Kind of like and then catch it. I don't know. She's standing <laughs> yeah. on the top then, rope just deflecting arrows. Merida there puts three arrows in her before she hits the mat, so. <laughs> 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 Uh, there's no convincing Kyle. <laughs> <He's> no, <laughs> 100%. Uh, I yeah, it still doesn't. It still doesn't. Uh, you know, with the fatigue, her reaction times are going to be um, are going to suffer as well. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I think we have to call the medic for Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> or the coroner with all those arrows. <laughs> No one dies in this show. What are you talking about? <laughs> Except uh, 
family it, podcast. Except apparently Krampus, which I didn't know that was possible. Or no, no, the Grinch died. Never mind. He was sent to another universe. Uh, cool. So, Mr. Metatron. Uh... You're and move on. Mary and Here. her opponent. <laughs> Pocahontas. Awesome. Um, Wade, when you do the announcements, bring the volume down a tiny bit because we're losing you a little bit. Uh, but we got Pocahontas. We got Merida. Does Pocahontas have any weapons? I don't think she's seen with any weapons in the movie. She is very fast. You know, she's seen like running around and everything. Um, and she seems in shape too. Okay. Uh, hmm. Oh man, yeah this this one's yeah I was like this one's not so cut and dry. It, I mean it might be, but uh, um yeah I'm I'm gonna have to stick with Merida. That that's my um, sorry to keep just throwing it out there, but <laughs> you know uh, the only thing I see with uh, with Pocahontas aside I guess from her agility and her stamina is that she can commune with nature, which I don't really know helps her in this situation. Yeah. Um, if it was like an outdoor, <laughs> like a graveyard match or something like that, maybe. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, but I think like, in it, what? It's just like talking to animals. Like we talked about with snow white. I mean, I mean, cause communing with nature would be, you know, talking, to, talking with animals or communicating with animals in some way, shape or form. So, uh, yeah, I guess right within the confines of the ring. So I mean, Pocahontas could totally legitimately do that as well too. There would have to be nature. Um, I mean, I, I like I get it, but I don't think if she could commune with nature, I, I think Kyle. If I'm reading Kyle's mind, he's going to bring the arrows into play again. I think they're <laughs> probably just going to hit her with arrows before <laughs> she can um, commune with nature. No, I, I think I think this one. Uh, I see them going toe to toe. Uh, with physicality, you know, I don't think Merit is going to uh, bring weapons in. If if the, I think she's a, a honorable warrior, just like uh, Pocahontas might be. And even though we don't see Pocahontas fight in any of the movies, uh, she's a little bit more rugged, I think, because she basically lives uh, in in nature. You know, uh, yeah. she has her teepee, which she lives in. Um, and I don't know a whole lot about the Powhatan tribe or the actual like real Pocahontas. Uh, the I think she's Pamunky. Uh, but at the same time, um, those are people who are kind of steeped in a, a hunting culture. So at some point, she's had probably had to field dress a deer. I think Pocahontas is I'm giving it to this to her, because if you see all the Disney princesses up in line next to each other, I think Pocahontas is the most physically fit of all of them. Uh, so I'm going to Pocahontas on this one. Interesting. Uh, Jim. Down no pressure. <laughs> um, man, this yeah, this was a lot, a lot tougher. But I actually, you know what? I'm going to go with Pocahontas on this actually because I think Pocahontas is going to have that dexterity that I don't know if Merida is going to have. You know, because Merida is definitely a little bit more stocky. She's um, a little bit more bulky, whereas you know, or, uh, yeah, Kyle, you mentioned um, Pocahontas's physicality, and you know, the, a lot of this match comes down to I think like the like where these two hail from 
and like the cultures and stuff that they come from and you know they're both kind of grounded in nature but pocahontas is definitely a lot more grounded in in nature and survivability and stuff in the woods and the forest and and stuff like that whereas like merida you know merely like adopted the forest not to you know sound like bane or anything but you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was born in it <laughs> yeah yeah pocahontas was born in it and merida merely adopted it um <laughs> But no, I, I think I think what's going to be the kicker for Merida is going to be Pocahontas' dexterity and her ability to like move around in a way that Merida can't. Uh, I, I guess you guys are right. If Pocahontas, I mean, I'm not changing my answer just yet before we send it to Ty, uh, but uh, there had to have been a time where a bear came across their tribe or something and she had to mm-hmm. defend herself if she's living off the nature. So you guys yeah. bring up a good point. Uh, Ty, anything to hit us with on this one? No, Kyle took a lot of mine. I really agree with what he was saying. Um, I was going to throw out there that Pocahontas is portrayed very pacifist because that's the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't throw any weapons. She doesn't shoot a gun. She throws her body over things to protect people, and she really does farm. Yeah, she can run, but I don't know if she is the combat type in the Disney universe. That's yeah, interesting. She might abstain, huh? That's That's kind of her whole motivations and things like that. Peaceful resistance. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with, uh, with Merida, even if she runs out of arrows, I think being a Celtic warrior, she's going to have, she's going to have a statement at least to get to the next round. I mean, she Uh, did, didn't she, didn't she fight her mom as a bear in the movie? Like not fight, but like her mom, she evaded her. Yeah. Turn feral, yeah. You know what? I I'm I I think you know Ty brought up a very very good point because we are just basing this purely off of Disney stuff, and I think you yeah. know having that that passiveness and you know like yes, she has the physicality, but she's not going to have the the skill to take on Merida. I I, I think you know based off of that, I think Merida's going to win again on this one. Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's... Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and give this to Merida because I, I could see Pocahontas getting in the ring and just making a big show in the middle of, like, I refuse to fight and just, like, eliminate herself. So uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to say something about, you know, Pocahontas travels a lot by canoe in the cartoon, and you don't uh, paddle a canoe without building up a lot of upper body strength. But uh, <laughs> So I could see her putting uh, Merida in a chokehold pretty easily, but it's not in her nature. So, yeah, you know what? I'm flipping Merida. Ooh. They rocked had us in the one. first half, not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> I had that. I rocked that one. <laughs> Damn, Ty's killing it today. That's twice. I know. Hitting us with the jump ship. Hitting us with the good, good facts. Mr. Metatron, please hit us with the uh the victor and tell us our next uh fighter. Your winner, Merida, and her opponent from Tangled, Rapunzel. Ooh, this is an interesting one. <laughs> okay. Does Rapunzel bring a frying pan into the That's ring? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Rapunzel, frying pan, knocking Mare upside the head. Wow. That's amazing that you went there too, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, beyond that, her hair is a weapon. It could be. She could use to, to choke Merida out with it. I mean, Merida's got her own hair, but... Uh, at the same time, I, I see Rapunzel. She's uh, her character is driven entirely by anxiety and mommy issues. 
Uh, so I don't see her having the killer instinct that Merida would have. And even though Merida maybe hit a little, a little bit by fatigue, I think she could probably um, shoot. She could use Rapunzel's own hair to choke her out. So <laughs> that's totally a wrestling thing to do too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna have to flip the script. I'm gonna have to go Rapunzel just because um, her. So at some point, I don't see. Merida being a Hawkeye type that just has an infinite supply of arrows in her quiver. At some point, she's going to have enough. She's going to have to run out of arrows or, or lose them. Can she fetch arrows? So that's the question is how quick, you know, if these opponents are standing by the ring and they just come in or if they come out, um, you know, if she has time to kind of run around and, but running around gathering arrows also plays into the fatigue factor. If she's running around the ring gathering arrows, she has no time to rest. Um, and I think that, so my whole thing is Merida not having arrows. If Rapunzel is able to keep her distance and we've seen her use her hair as like a swing, mm -hmm. there's no, you know, she could use her hair as a whip. Um, I think, uh, I think Rapunzel really wants this, uh, this victory. I think Rapunzel is going to pull it out. I need to stop just blurting things out. Jim, what are you, what are you doing? So here's what I have to say about Rapunzel. Rapunzel has this weird uh, like reaction when it comes to stuff because we've seen it in like, uh, you know, in the movie, utilize that frying pan better than anybody has utilized a frying pan in the world of frying pans. Um, <laughs> you know, she does also have the hair, but I think like she is, she was actually like, able to defend herself in some ways you know she was actually she had this weird instinct about her that you know allowed her to be able to fight back in some ways and i feel like that's that's going to make a huge difference for her and i think she's going to be able to use that to her advantage in a way because she's going to realize kind of what she can do and kind of you know take off with it and with merida being in two other two other fights before this you know we, we did talk about fatigue so reaction time might be a little bit slower it, you know um rapunzel is being rapunzel's fresh granted she doesn't have the the experience but i i don't know how big of a difference that's going to make you know and josh if you bring up the arrow thing you know with merida not having the arrow then she's gonna you know what i mean it's going to be it's going to be closer hand hand to hand combat in a way and with Rapunzel's reactions. That, it's so my very... my argument wasn't necessarily hand to hand. Is that it, I don't think Rapunzel would let it get to hand to hand. I think she would keep her distance with her hair. Hmm. But then um, she could use a frying pan. She could just yeah. She could put her frying pan in her hair and then use it as a whip <laughs> with a frying pan on the end of it. <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, yeah. There's so... been crazier stuff. Uh, <laughs> You guys summon chipmunks. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I want to hit you with one more fact that I saw uh, from Tangled is the uh, healing incantation that Tangled yeah. uh, that Rapunzel can do. She can actually sing a song and her hair lights up and she's actually able to heal. So that's kind of a big factor. I think if, uh, you know, mm. if mm -hmm. I Merida gets fatigued after, you know, if if Merida takes the upper hand and just starts beating into her, fatigue's going to set in. If Rapunzel can knock her just down for a minute, she can do the incantation and heal herself. So I, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little unfair, but yeah. No, I mean, it's part of her, her moveset. So yeah. Uh, Ty, what do you have for us? All right. So some quick facts. She no longer possesses the heal power. When her hair got cut, uh, <laughs> she lost the power to heal. However, some deep dive stuff for you guys, which might sway you. Uh, her hair now does possess the power to protect her with a magical shield. Oh. That's from Tangled the series. Okay. Comes up with these things. <laughs> yeah, right? This is crazy. Who talks about these princesses fighting each other, too? <laughs> I just imagine like Disney board members in their executive room just being like, well, she doesn't have healing powers anymore. What can we do? Let's give her a <laughs> shield. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, <clears throat> so are, we're talking, Ty, are you talking like short hair Rapunzel? No, in this picture, it actually looks like she gets a bit of it back. Um, okay. But not quite to the same extent, like normal. And a type hair, but it's able to it's slightly longer. But is it long enough to use as a whip? Like, is it longer than her? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kyle, what do you think? I'll let you go first this time. Um, I am going to have to stick with Meridia because I don't think that Rapunzel has the killer instinct. I think she's too reactionary, and 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 uh, I don't think that I think Meridia still is going to have that warrior strike in her. So. I'm going Meridia. Jim? Um, I'm going for I'm sticking with the underdog on this one just because I do like a good underdog story and I feel like this would be a phenomenal uh a phenomenal match to watch and see Rapunzel win because it would surprise the entire crowd and I'm I, I dig that so I think Rapunzel's gonna win it. Okay. Um and for the other reasons I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna uh Ooh, man. I don't like being the tiebreaker. <laughs> it sucks, uh, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I'm going to make you guys do it from now on. Uh, I'm going to... You know what? I hate to disappoint you, Jim. I'm going to have to stick with Merida. Um, partly for... Uh, I, I think Kyle's right. I think, uh, you know, Rapunzel's been cooped up for years. And I think that... Her, I don't know that she's definitely necessarily trained how to fight. Um, uh, oh, shoot. What's the guy's name? Uh, Flynn. Flynn maybe Rider. Flynn. Yeah, maybe Flynn gave her some fighting techniques and stuff. But even he's not necessarily a fighter. He's more of a grab the stuff and run uh, kind of guy. And so I think with the like the animal instinct, I think Merida is still going to be able to push through the fatigue and, and come out with it. Mr. Manager. Sorry. <laughs> Your winner. And moving on. Merida. And her opponent. From Frozen. Elsa. Crap. <laughs> Game over. Game over. <laughs> uh, I knew putting Elsa in here was a mistake. <laughs> uh yeah, Kyle sounds sounds like you're a team Elsa right out the gate. I'm I'm thinking Elsa is. Um, I mean, I know we got a few more of these to go left, but I think it's going to be easy to get through. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa not only has the uh, Iceman type ability of like creating things and ice, she could freeze her opponent, and she can also 
uh, bring ice creatures to life inside of the ring. So I, uh, <laughs> she's the, uh, the, 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 the Charlotte flair of this match. I think she's, uh, there's nobody else in her Charlotte league. So <laughs> it's Charlotte versus, um, Becky Lynch. So now I'm going, uh, one else, uh, easy, easy decision there. What was the, uh, what was the snowman's name in the original frozen, like snowflake or something? Olaf. Uh, there's, uh, Oh, no, not Olaf. It's like Marshmallow. I, I, was, I almost said Olaf too. Yeah, Marshmallow. So, Kyle, what you're saying is she's just going to summon Marshmallow and have him do her fighting for her? She could. She doesn't have to. She could just make a fist of ice and punch everybody else in the face, you know, or <laughs> freeze everybody till their heart stops. I think that, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm, I'm pretty heavily Team Elsa. <laughs> as much as I love Brave, yeah, uh, Elsa's hard to, hard to top. Jim, Josh, I know you're a big Frozen fan, um, but I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to stick with Merida. Um, okay. I'm going to be that guy because, and hear me out on this one. I don't think. Oh, Elsa's I will. Stick with Merida. Okay. Because have you know we have no idea what Elsa has like contended up or like went up against or contended with. That's what I was looking for. Was contended with. I don't think she's ever contended with somebody like Merida and the skill that Merida brings to the table. So yeah, you guys bring up her ice powers and mm. you know her ability to, to summon creatures and stuff, and that might get to an overwhelming point for Merida with having all those creatures in the ring. But I think Elsa's going to be playing a very reactionary game because she's trying to figure out how to deal with somebody with the skill level of Merida. And so I think Merida is going to be able to pull through because she's going to blindside Elsa. Uh, Ty, do you have anything that could pull us away from Elsa? <laughs> I well, hang on. Well, so <laughs> Elsa does die. Uh, spoilers, in case you guys didn't know, Elsa dies to an extent in Frozen Two, and she does lose her ability. So, are we talking Elsa in her prime mm -hmm. or now? Because uh, there's a difference. Well, no. <laughs> but yes, in her prime, <laughs> that was my first little thing I was going to try, but I didn't have a lot of faith. But she does have a weakness because characters aren't interesting unless they have a weakness. So her hers, I would say, is she's distant towards people she loves. She has trouble accepting help. And she doesn't recognize her own limitations. So can I would propose, can you play... The mental game because she's been locked away and she has no social skills. She's not quite the same as a normal person. While Merida is totally the average person, and sh could she manipulate Elsa in a way to abuse her powers and take advantage of that? Okay, interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. Kyle, was that enough to sway? <laughs> She made a castle made out of ice. <laughs> she, <there's, laughs> she's needs a snowball know, like a hundred million miles away. So <laughs> <laughs> she's um. If we're talking, I mean, Elsa in her prime is also a very cold-hearted person and has to be. You know, she has the love of her sisters <laughs> redeems her. So I'm thinking she's uh, in it to win it. And uh, no, I don't. I cannot be swayed from this one. Elsa is god-tier powers. <laughs> Yeah, it's like going up against the, like we talked about the Omega level mutants. It's just kind of an unfair. Yeah. Thing. Um, <laughs> I will say we've never seen Elsa actually use her power like in a fight. She used mm -hmm. 
I think the closest she's come to like actually hurting someone is when she, um, uh, when the people were, she was about to push the guy out of the tower with the uh, ice block yeah. or the ice wall. Um, so, I mean, she can be pushed to that point. We've just never seen it. Um, for that reason, I'm also sticking with Elsa. Jim, you can die on that hill. I'm fine with that because I do love Merida. I'm going to, yep, I'm I'm staying over here. I'm going to watch you guys sail away as my lonely little raft sinks. We're going to ride away on that the water horse or whatever. <laughs> water horse. <laughs> Into the sunset. All right, uh, Mr. Metatron. You're and moving on. And her opponent from Princess and the Frog, Tiana. Mm. Frozen Frog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. She could. Uh, she makes those beignets. She does. She <laughs> has spent significant time in a New Orleans kitchen, meaning she's almost completely impervious to any sort of heat. You know, she probably eats cayenne peppers for breakfast. Uh, I, she could melt Elsa's eyes. Look, the amount of, like Louisiana spice that she does. Oh, she got to throw a little bit of that gumbo roux over in uh, Elsa's way. I don't know if there's anything that could freeze that, man. Scrappy brought up on the streets of New Orleans without a dad. Uh, I imagine that Elsa could throw some, I mean, not Elsa, excuse me, uh, Tiana could throw some elbows pretty easily, too. So. She, um, this is an interesting one. Uh, she also just, took down a voodoo priest as a frog. <laughs> yes, the, the very good point. Very good point. Um, and, and voodoo is not magic you want to mess with. So, I mean, no. So, uh, for the sake of the fight, we can we can go either route. If you guys want to talk about uh, a frog Tiana or human Tiana, I'm fine with <laughs> with either one. <laughs> Um, I think Frog Tiana gets squished pretty quickly. So Human Tiana stands a better chance, and uh, but still going up against those ice powers. I don't know. Look, so uh, let me let me stop you for a second, Kyle, because I want to mention, as a frog, she has enhanced jumping, uh, prehensile tongue, water breathing, swimming speed, enhanced dexterity, and zoolingualism. So she can also talk to animals and. Um, if we're going that route, so if Snow White has some animals left over, but you I can't mean, breathe and swim in ice. No, I just I listed them off. I understand that. Um, <laughs> but if she's melting the ice with chili peppers, <laughs> yeah, then she'll swim uh, right through it. I mean, but if she's also able to summon animals and stuff like that, she has the alligator, right? <laughs> She does, yeah, that's wow. true. Uh, and so, alligators don't do well cold, you know. All you got to do is drop the chicken <laughs> ten degrees. Alligator, a cold blooded animal, doesn't do so hot. So, look, I'm really trying here, man. <laughs> I want a Princess and the Frog is one of my absolute favorite Disney movies. Being a person from Louisiana, it speaks to me, and the music is so good in the movie. But I'm just, I want if there's ever a princess I want to beat Elsa, it's it's Tiana, and I just, I don't see it happening. Uh, yeah, I know. Ladies uh, from New Orleans don't do well in the cold. I can tell you that. That is true. It, <laughs> people, people from the South don't do well in the cold. Period. <laughs> I could say that from experience because there's yeah. no outside right now. <laughs> I mean, all right, all right. <laughs> he says from the comfort of his own bedroom. 
I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. I feel like I'm recording outside or anything right now. <laughs> I, uh, I I have nothing you know, to try to sway you guys. Um, I think this one's for this is one of the characters in the Disney princess thing that needs better. She deserves better and more more yeah, things with I her agree. in it. And we, there's not enough from one film to really g- give her what she needs. Yeah. Also, like like I said, most of the most of the film, she was a frog, and her mm-hmm. abilities were limited to what a frog can do yeah i was gonna try to make this argument that like you know being the frog and taking down the voodoo you know the voodoo priest and all that like she's got like an adaptive nature where she can adapt and overcome based off of the hand that she's dealt but ice powers yes but she also did that from the heat of the swamps yeah which which keeps you know ice powers i mean so, Kyle, are you uh, you sticking Team Elsa reluctantly? Uh, I guess. Listen, if if I'm if I'm watching Disney Plus after this, I'm watching Princess and the Frog ten times before I ever watch Fro that overrated piece of crap Frozen again. But in this Whoa! situation, I have to go with Elsa. Dang, I've never seen Frozen. So, uh, Frozen Two was better in my opinion. Hmm, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's way more uh, mature, if that's the mm-hmm. right word. Hmm. Um. Jim, what do you think? Uh, uh, about the movie or the match? The match. <laughs> okay, sorry, you were just talking about the movie. I, I must have trailed off like right at the end there. Um, well, since you've never seen I, Frozen, I imagine you've never seen Frozen Two, so you can just <laughs> that's why I was looking for right Get your opinions on that. <laughs> <laughs> you get your opinions on that movie you've never seen. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to try to make a like a fun compelling underdog argument like i did with rapunzel versus merida but i I just i don't know i just don't think that the only other thing i can i can think of maybe is that like you know elsa might go overboard in her fight with merida and realize that she went a little hard and dials it back and that's gonna give tiana an upper hand but i mean I don't know. I, I feel like Elsa has enough of a, at this point of where we are in the world, you know, her coming into this match, she's going to have enough of a grasp on her powers. I feel like enough of a we all tried to make a compelling argument. There just isn't one. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of where I'm like, you know, as much as I want to try to make an argument for Tiana, Elsa's probably going to be hanging around for at least another match. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm with you guys, Team Elsa, all the way. Uh, I love Tiana. I agree with you, Kyle. I think, um, fortunately, you know, my daughter really embraced Princess and the Frog. She embraced Frozen as well, mm-hmm. but she really got into Princess and the Frog, and it was really nice because I could tell her, you know, I could give her a little backstory on <laughs> that stuff. I'm like, that's where our dad grew up, you know, <laughs> not in the swamp, but <laughs> <laughs> not too far. There's yeah. swamps around your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah um yeah so with that uh i think unanimously we're gonna go team elsa so uh mr metatron you're and moving on elsa and her opponent Mulan. Mm. <laughs> the only princess who's not really a princess <laughs> uh-huh. she comes up on princess lists hey she was on the disney princess site leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Mulan. 
all the way for this. I'm just going to jump into there. I'm uh, 100% Mulan with the training that she's had, the fact that she's gone to war and defeated the Huns, you know, then yeah. Mulan. I just, I, I just, I, I just think she's going to be able to just beat the snot out of Elsa. Yeah, and also a character who is accustomed to fighting the cold. Uh, so I think with her uh, dexterity, her martial arts training, um, even without a weapon, I think at this point, fatigue or maybe some sort of limitation on powers might be setting in with Elsa as well. I think that uh, Mulan has the, a fresh Mulan coming in is a force to be dealt with. I think it might be close, but. I'm going with Mulan also. Um, for the sake of argument, uh, I'm going to stick with Team Elsa because I feel like Ty might have something to hit us with. And I'm <laughs> curious to know what that might be. Um, I'm already outnumbered, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, Ty, do you so have anything? I do have a fun little thing. So I just wanted to say, don't be the monster they fear you are. So Elsa's big thing is she doesn't want to be the monster that and at this point she's taken out every combatant with giant power attacks and I think these words which is a big part of her character are, are going to start playing on her um and so I think that would hold her back and then also Mul Milan's kill count is uh 1995 but the kill count is is impressive the the first thing you spit is a very a very interesting uh piece of information that because you're talking about the character herself not her abilities or anything her her mindset how she thinks how she acts mm -hmm. and so and you think maybe by this round she's ready to let it go and oh <laughs> oh, oh! Wow, I, I can't believe we made it three matches in. Before made a joke. <laughs> oh man, that's I don't know. I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. To <laughs> For that reason, I'm sticking with Elsa because <laughs> I don't think she's ready to let it go. So I'm gonna die on that hill, Jim. We're gonna die on our own hills. Yeah, right. Waving at each other. Hey. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ride that horse uh, until it can ride no longer. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. I, I honestly, coming up with this, when I gave the list to people, they said having Elsa in there is completely unfair. And I did not think that Elsa was going to go down. But here we are. Mm -hmm. So uh, Mr. Metatron surprisingly announced the uh, next fighter because I'm, I'm in shock. And move on to the fight. And her opponent, she's the final Disney princess, Moana. Ooh wee! Wow, yeah. Uh, let me come right out the gate and say that if you look up Mo uh, Moana's height, she's like seven six. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Wow. So, you know, just to keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh so full disclosure uh, uh personally for me Brave uh um Moana and uh 
man, why am I blanking on all these movies? <laughs> no, <laughs> Princess and the Frog are probably my top three favorite movies. Oh, um, really? Okay. Moana I, really hit. I, I'm like, not afraid to, to say it. Moana made me cry. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, she is, she's, she's almost godlike, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. In the sense that she's able to convince a demigod to, you know, kind of reluctantly do her bidding. Um, she's uh, she's agile. She's dexterous because we saw her, you know, jump to the coconut ship and then slide down with the hook. Um, that's tough. I'm I'm it's I'm not the, ready. The the strength of like sailing a ship like that like that's all manual mm-hmm. like there's no like gears or like anything that that's all manual like do you know like the type of like muscle buildup you're gonna get from that kind of stuff well i mean look at her in general she's already you know Stocky. she's got muscles yeah. yeah 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 she's got that uh you know she probably does a haka dance before the uh the match starts too <laughs> you know it's i don't know if she's like if there's ever anything saying that she's like a polynesian warrior but uh they were known as pretty fierce warriors also um yeah, this this is a real tough one. Uh, Mulan, uh, excuse me, Moana, uh, coming from a like fishing based culture, you know, like that's not an easy task either. Uh, I will say that uh, maybe growing up in the beauty of a place like Hawaii, probably kind of like you know, there's a there's something to be said about the Mahalo lifestyle where uh, you know everybody's <laughs> a friend. I mean, seriously, you know, you go to Hawaii, it's like, oh, this is why everybody's so happy here. It's just paradise on earth, you know. So I don't know if she's got that killer instinct like uh, a trained warrior like Mulan has. Um, this one's going to be a close one for me, uh, given the the powers, too. I mean, Moana basically can control all water. And if the human body is, what, 90% water, I mean, Mulan's done. <laughs> you know, she can just clench her fist. All the water leaves her body and she's dehydrated. Um, but I, don't, I wouldn't put it in Moana's character to do something like that. So... Uh, I'm gonna have to give uh, the edge here to Milan just because of her um, her background in martial arts. I don't think that Moana has the ability to bend water. She has an ocean mm. connection, but she doesn't mm-hmm. actually. She's never actually seen like moving the water herself. Mm. Like the water <laughs> kind of just moves along with her. Like when she throws, you know, the heart into the ocean, it throws it back at her. Or, you know, every time. Uh, and I'm blanking on his name, of course, right now. Maui? Uh, the Rock. Yeah, there we go. That's the one. Uh, you know, Maui, you know, goes to try to leave. You know, the water puts him back in because there's yeah. that connection to Moana. So I don't know if she actually has the ability to. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I can agree with that because it does. Well, I mean, so with that being said, the water tends to favor her over Mulan. Like if. If she isn't able to bend water, she can at least talk it into doing whatever she wants it to do, kind of thing. Yeah. But here's it's the thing, of- though. So we, talk- we talked earlier about how Pocahontas has that same type of connection to nature, but being in the setting that they are, how how big of the part is that going to play in this match? Because if you're yeah. not in a nature setting, this is going to play into the same thing. If Moana is not in an ocean setting, how big of a how big of a part is that going to play? Yeah. So, <sighs> uh, yeah, I'm sticking with Mulan for the same reasons that Kyle mentioned. You know that that training and that that discipline, and you know, yeah, yeah. Like I that. I think right now 
Um, you guys bring up a great point about the setting. I think if it was a, you know, a beachside match or something like that, Mulan would be royally screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. She could part the sea, throw Mulan in it, and then have the sea collapse on top of her. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry to get so cribbed. <laughs> hey man. Hey man. These are facts. All right. <laughs> yeah. Keep it real. Uh. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to side with Mulan as well. If we're talking, uh, if we're competing, if we're putting agility against agility, strictly agility, not even like water powers or anything like that, I still think Mulan being able to outmaneuver like uh, what was it like Mongolian warriors or whatever, um, mm-hmm. or the Hun? Was it the Hun? The Hun, yeah. yeah. Yeah, being able to to outmaneuver like Hun warriors and kill them, and uh, I just she, I think she'd be two steps ahead of uh, Moana. Ty, let's hope you have something. Well, I do have a couple things, I guess. So, I I wanted to bring up that Mul- Mulan has her secret weapons, her dragon, um, famously voiced by Eddie Murphy, Mushu, and that. Versus Moana's pet, Hi-Hi, the rooster that's kind of ah! runs into things. <laughs> I think even even Eddie Murphy at his worst. <laughs> Wushu at his worst. I don't... I really don't... It's weird when you guys are split like this because I don't know how to like pitch ideas at you guys like to try to convince you <laughs> otherwise. It's like, well, I have my opinion. But I think that was a really fair fight. And you guys yeah. brought up some really, really great, great opinions. It, it's just hard. Like I said, it's, I think we brought up good points and I think it's really situational to an extent. And in this situation, it just favors Mulan in my opinion. Yeah. I think Moana would put up a fight. And if we're going by professional wrestling rules, I don't know if you guys know this, but in, canonically uh, Polynesian people have thicker skulls in wrestling so they can headbutt harder. <laughs> so I don't know if, if Moana goes in a headbutt, but she might be able to take Mulan down. But uh, yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting fact that i did not it's know true, yeah <laughs> in in the wrestling world yeah yeah uh yeah so kyle are you staying uh team mulan yes mulan uh jim yeah um believe it or not mulan was actually my number one pick for to win this whole ordeal that's oh, wow. the, that's the one that i actually thought was going to win anyways yeah so. I, I totally had my numbered out too uh i didn't well i i only had my number one i had no idea for the rest i was like well my number one like mulan is just mulan i don't know if i had to pick a number one right off the bat it would have been elsa yeah but um your love for frozen you you guys you guys voted me out so i had to readjust (laughs) (laughs) so uh all right mr metatron will you please announce the first disney knockout winner of character fight night Gentlemen, your winner, Disney Princess Gauntlet Champion, Mulan. All right, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Mulan takes the victory. Yes, Ty. I was just gonna make a joke about how, like, all the other princesses start making a big scene about how she's not really a princess, and like all the stuff. I totally forgot that. The one non-princess won the princess. It's a work. (laughs) Well, yep. 
that's uh what is it the montreal screw job <laughs> all right so there you have it ladies and gentlemen mulan taking the uh i, I feel weird saying that the princess uh <laughs> victory so they'll have their day to get revenge uh but for now that is uh that's gonna bring us to our plug section so before we get out of here um just want to let you know you can follow character fight night on uh facebook instagram and twitter uh we post on uh, all of those sites so uh on facebook and uh, instagram is character fight night on twitter you can follow it at character fight if you want to follow me personally you can follow me at jaws expert on twitter i think um or just talk to me through character fight <laughs> i don't post much on twitter so um kyle you have a podcast that you do i do yes uh i have a podcast called theme park this that i co-host with uh, mr scott corelli and a guy named brian green they're both theme park experts and big fans like myself and Every week we, excuse me, every other week we take on uh, just a concept and try to build a theme park around it. So, for example, uh, one one episode we did The Simpsons and we were like, hey, what would you do as a as a small attraction? What would you do as a big e-ticket attraction? What would you do as a restaurant? What is your you know walk around character? What kind of signature snack would you have? And uh, it's a lot of fun. We've had a few uh, guests on Carly Weisel, who is kind of famous in the theme park um, uh, community. We also had a writer from The Simpsons on, which was really cool. Um, kind of coming on to talk about the Tom Hanks themed park. So uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to that, that is theme park. This uh, we also have a Patreon over at uh, duelinggenre.com slash support, uh, which we do two different kinds of uh, uh, Patreon podcasts. We do one called fast pass where we just talk about the theme park news as is going on and kind of a hot topic. I think um, tomorrow uh, or the, as the time of this recording tomorrow, um, Universal and Nintendo are going to make a big announcement about their theme park. So we're going to be covering that and talking about that on an upcoming show. And then for myself personally, I've done a few other podcasts uh, in the movies by minute format. My brother Brady and I uh, broke down the movie Ghostbusters in a minute by minute format. And we did an episode on every minute of the movie. Did the same thing for Jurassic Park. Brady did one on the Goonies and my wife and I actually did one on the movie Hocus Pocus last year. So if anybody wants to listen to any of that, you can look for Hocus Pocus, Jurassic Park or Goonies Minute on iTunes or any other podcasting platform. And you can follow us over at PeleMediaGroup.com where we have links to all of our different podcasts. Very cool. Now, I want to ask you a quick question before I send it over. Uh, what do you? How do you feel about the uh, the Super Mario, the Nintendo uh, Park? Oh, I think it looks amazing. Uh, and the expansion you can do with Nintendo properties. It seems like Nintendo Land should have been a thing already. So it's kind of like, I guess, reality is catching up with all of our imaginations. Uh, I'm sad it's going to be in Japan for a while because Universal had to shutter their Epic Universe stuff over in uh, Orlando. But I do believe that the um, California side uh, in uh, Universal Hollywood, uh, their Disney, excuse me, their Nintendo Land Park is coming along on track. So... Um, as soon as it's safe to travel again, it's going to be one of the first things I do because I, I think it looks just amazing. Excellent. Yeah, I, I'm going to try to get out there as well. Uh, you'll probably get there before me, so you'll have to let me know how it is. Let's just go together, man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wade, you do some voice acting and stuff. Yeah, I do that. Uh, I usually do live shows. Uh, I'm a ring announcer for a local uh wrestling fed called chicago style wrestling 
Um, we've had to cancel the remainder of our shows this year, unfortunately. So uh, I started last year, and 2020 was supposed to be the big year, breaking out and doing all these shows across the nation. And uh, I only ended up doing two here in Chicago. So uh, for social media, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm usually just on there, at Wade of the World or at Wade Hunt Voice. Excellent. Thank you for doing all the announcements live for this episode. That was that was a lot of fun. My pleasure. Done. Uh, Jim, do you have anything you want to plug? Um. Uh, yeah, I also do a podcast. It's called uh, Character Fight Night. I get together with a couple <laughs> of friends to talk about uh, characters fighting each other. Um, and you can listen to it wherever podcasts are found at Character Fight Night. Um, I should mention that my buddy Josh is uh, <laughs> on as well. If if, uh, you're, uh, if you're just listening to this and you're like, I want to hear that, you should probably re- rewind like an hour and. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean I don't really have too much going on. Uh, you know, Josh, I know you just recently brought me on, um, on this project with you as well. So I'm just super happy to be here doing this with you. Um, if you guys decide you want to follow me at any on any social medias, I mean you can find me at. Uh, Twitter at Holds Majimbles. Um, I get notifications from Twitter. I don't tweet much, much, but I will message back if, for whatever reason, you know, if you want to message me, you can find me on Facebook as well as at Jim Animorals. So that's pretty much all I really have. Okay. And last but not least, Ty. Hey, you can find me on the Losing App podcast where we lose at your favorite video games, all while talking about comic books, video games, movies, and anything pop culture related. And where can we find that? On Twitch, correct? Twitch, Facebook, and all podcast places. Huge. Excellent. And just want to let you guys know, I hope you have a happy uh, New Year. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, all that stuff. Um, We have some great things coming in the works for Character Fight Night come January. uh, We're going to start doing weekly uh, Character Fight Nights. And we're going to have some live events. And hopefully some pretty special guests coming around. So stay tuned for that. Uh, also looking at getting merch. So I'd like to start with stickers and uh, potentially some character fight night shirts would be really cool. So uh, stay tuned for that. But that's going to do it for all of us. Again, thank you to Kyle uh, for coming on. Uh, as always, Wade and Ty for hanging around. And my wife, Maria, for doing all the... Um, graphic design work and Jim for being my right hand man Uh, for all of us at character fight night. You have a good one and don't forget to let your characters do the fighting for you.